Hello there and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkavichus. Good afternoon, dear listeners. We are at the National Mikolois Konstantinos Chorlonis School of Art in Vilnius, uh, and we will be having a wonderful conversation with Lithuanian composer Teistutis Makachinas. And we're here today to talk about his newest uh, work, uh, the upcoming uh, premiere of the organ symphony, Sonata Symphony, which is number six, which is called number uh, six uh, festive sonata symphony and the symphony is dedicated to the 15th uh, 15th anniversary of the reconstruction of the largest pop organ in Lithuania which is in Vilnius University St. John's Church so let's start there professor uh, in talking a little bit about how did you come up with the idea to create uh, this uh, six sonata symphony the festive symphony well, um, first of all, uh, I was lucky enough to be in the presence of the events that led to the reconstruction of this instrument. I, I was on the committee uh, which actually made decisions about uh, how the reconstruction process will going to be. So I was participating with the organ restorer Rimontas Guchas. And I remember uh, m- his magnificency, rector of Vilnius University, Rolandas Pavilonis, who led to this decision. And he was very supportive of this idea to reconstruct this instrument and found uh, some s- financial support. And, and this is very, very gigantic work to, to recreate the uh, this instrument of this scale 64 st- st- stops and so many uh, work were ahead of that but the rector was very supportive so when i uh, heard about uh, the 15th anniversary in in 2015 of this instrument i came up with the idea to create a large opus because uh, this instrument uh, uh, works uh, with the Spinkavichus, who actively promotes the organ and uh, also and also knows them inside out. I was l- uh, participating in several of his concert and concerts and uh, also uh, saw how he, he works, and I I expect maximum result. Yes. So I want to remind our listeners that uh, Professor Teisutis uh, Makachinas was my first teacher of improvisation at Lithuanian Academy of Music and Theater in Vilnius. And I remember when the at the first year uh, his improvisation class, uh, several of our students came together and to 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 learn some secrets of organ improvisation. And uh, this was very difficult because um, 
the first year was very, you know, fresh, new, and we didn't uh, have a lot of experience with Warren. But anyway, uh, this class left tremendous influence on me because imp improvisation or improvisation uh, uh, follows me to this day. I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, this class, improvisation class, um, reminds me of those good times when uh, studies at Lithuanian of Academy of Music uh, were, were very important uh, in academic, academic sense, which is not the case today. In other words, organists had individual lessons to to learn and um, try out experiment uh, with with improvisation and uh, I came up with the idea to 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 take some some method books and to teach them but I am not an organist myself so I had to come up with the lesson plan and and everything but I thought uh, because I'm a composer I I had to I had a few things to say about uh, the extemporaneous improvisation as well yes your this um, sincere uh, wish to to inspire us to the world of organ improvisation is very important to me and uh, we also remember that um, organists today in Lithuania mostly play what is written uh, mostly from the past a few hundred years ago and only a few of us dare to improvise in public so I was very lucky to, to get, get the chance to study with you and I think improvisation is very very important vital essential part of organist study because it helps to um, uh, revitalize uh, organist essential creative skills and a few of my students uh, became composers as well a few also um, are quite active in the field of, of musical creation either on paper or, or at the instrument I believe uh, we can create the entire life not not uh, not only during our study assignments at the Academy of Music but that entire life is in creative field right either to create at the instrument or on the on the on the table with the paper or on the computer and uh, by the way I would like to ask you about your compositional process okay because we will be premiering uh, this this um, six sonata symphony by yours and I'm very curious uh, how did you uh, what was the composition?al process? Okay, uh, I know that you started creating in July a few year, a few months ago, three months ago, and um, I'm wondering whether you you start uh, with the small fr fragment of paper where you notate all these themes, or or you start thinking about that, 
Please tell us a little bit about it. So first of all, I don't write the, the sounds itself, but I think about the atmosphere, about the character of the work. And, and I had to, to, to have three months about that, about for this work to, 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 to focus and to think about that work. And from outside world, it, it should be should look really strange because I was walking around the room, um, basically uh, from window to window, um, meditating about that work. And then I started to improvise. And improvise on the keyboard as well. And then these uh, unique um, ideas, musical ideas and intonations came into my uh, head as well. Because I wanted to really create this work for the occasion of this festive um, anniversary. And then suddenly the fugue uh, the theme for the fugue took, took place also, and leitmotiv as well. But once this came to be, the entire work started to, 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 to be much more visible. When I was uh, studying this work, dear professor, I, uh, noticed, I was noticing many, many details about your work, about uh, intonations, about rhythmical characters, which I can't really describe all of them. But I have to say that this works suits specifically well, particularly well, to this mechanical organ at our church. Have you ever been to this church? Have you ever played this instrument? Because I was wondering, how did you really create this instrument that it's so easy to play in that church? All right. Uh, although the sonata has many, many modern, modern uh, sounds and and uh, even uh, I would say modes, but it fits particularly well for the instrument because um, of the form of the structural identity, because we always feel the form of the piece, and it's so easy to changes the stops because of these rests. First of all, Vidas Pinkiaitus uh, warned me about uh, some of the things about this organ. You, you have to know that there are five and a half seconds of reverberation, large reverberation, especially at night. So my first uh, assignment was not to make the the work you know like a like a vinaigrette like a like a cacophony but really to listen to the arrests and to, to the acoustics but i am the student of julius yuzelunas one of the greatest lithuanian composers of 20th century and he was very big proponent of modal writing, not in the absolute temper temperament uh, writing, but in modal writing. Uh, 
So he believed that only in modal things we can find uh, some uniqueness as Lithuanians. So therefore, this um, uh, uh, modal uh, modal uh, uh, writing lets uh, uh, lets to create some kind of vital character of this piece, which is uh, inherently Lithuanian. And I, and I also use these intonations that are dear to the Lithuanian's heart. Uh, not necessarily uh, take citations from music, but only character, characteristic intonation. Not citations from folk songs. Yes, I noticed that, uh, that you don't really cite folk melodies, only the, the small intonations, fragments, intervals. And I also noticed that in your, in Lithuanian 20th century composers' output in general, uh, this creative um, output is very Lithuanian, so to say. Uh, it's very uh, allergic, uh, melancholic maybe. It's hard to find um, very festive works in Lithuanian 20th century organ music, which is not the case in your, with your work, right? Um, just like in Western European uh, French composers, right? Like after the mass, uh, organists play splendid uh, postludes and sorties to 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 lead the people into the into the world after the mar liturgy, and I also see these festive signs also in your work, Professor. Am I right? Yes, you are right. But I have to admit that I wrote this work in a deep and uh, very difficult period of my life. I've, I wasn't um, active as organ composer for quite a while before that because I was busy, um, uh, busy editing my um, compositions in the lighter style because I am the composer of, uh, of um, music uh, of, uh, of entertainment uh, from entertainment, entertainment period and I, and I wanted to uh, re-edit those works to make them available today on paper versions, uh, printed versions these uh, my songs basically uh, because most of them are uh, up to this day available only from recordings and people who want to sing them have to uh, take dictation basically from recordings and I wanted to change that and to publish them right away so that was more inter entertaining music of course and organ festive symphony is very dramatic work uh, I never had such a difficult time. 
Yes, you're right. Uh, I I was fascinated by how how you were successful in creating this polyphonic texture. Because when I was playing this work, it's so uh, so easy to play, but also. Uh, similar to my hands perhaps you have my similar hands to mine but uh, all these thematical uh, play of thematic melodies are very polyphonic and very fits to this instrument um, and I noticed that in these uh, repetitions uh, when episodes are repeated they are not repeated note for note verbatim that each repetition is a little different am I right? yes yes you're right at one at, um, at one episode uh, um, melodies are a little bit different from the rest so I even uh, took a pencil and uh, circled some of the so-called mistakes in my opinion because I wasn't sure whether composer uh, used uh, these accidental different notes just in a few places in repetitions or it was uh, maybe a central and vital part am I right so uh, this kind of variation work was basically um, essential in creating this musical story. I'm happy with us that you um, mentioned this this uh, um, uh, this idea because one of my stylistical features is to always to create variations. My my most main composition compositional method is variation, even in creating large scale works. Whenever I write uh, uh, an episode, I right away start to vary the melodies in in in, in second uh, and third repeats because I don't believe in an exact repetition because music has to be unpredictable like a living organism and if 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 or organists uh, feel this living um, character then performances can be successful but not always organists feel that and sometimes uh, sometimes the performance might be dry and unmusical I would say it's it's similar like in uh, in paintings because uh, when you look at the paintings uh, uh, this idea that painter or artist left in the work sometimes is not visible you see only on the surface things but you have to have the the patience to look more deeply many more times and if you do that at home or in the gallery or in the museum then uh, the understanding of this work in, in this case a painting becomes deeper and deeper and I noticed the same thing with your work because uh, at the beginning I felt uh, some ideas you created in this work um, you know uh, modern features uh, dissonant sounds modal uh, ideas but the more I played that the more I noticed 
the more I studied it work, the more it started to speak to me. Right? So, and these strange modes and um, temperaments uh, create uh, different, different stories every time I look at them. Not, not at first, right? But, uh, but uh, when time passes, the organist uh, has the possibility to deepen one's relationship with, with this work. And, um, and I try to uh, stay away of the notion I like it or I do not like it. Because when I like it, it's, it's very simple, right? And there is nothing more to say. And Or when I don't like it, then I sort of block, block, uh, block my understanding of the work. So I started to try to be open-minded about the unfamiliar work. Well, I, uh, I have to admit that uh, I, uh, some organists, uh, organists uh, told me about how they were unhappy uh, about my works because my works are difficult to memorize because of constant variation. Uh, but that's all right, of course, because um, because uh, the performer has to spend considerable time learning, and uh, the more you practice, the, the better it gets, right? And if the work is um, very understandable from the first place, from the first sight, then um, then it lacks, I think, uh, depth. And you know what's more interesting? You mentioned the creative process you created in three months. Um, didn't you feel that this music came sort of from from external source, from from above, like like a muse? Muse would fly by your window, and if you are ready to s and sitting sitting at the table at your desk, maybe maybe the muse would sort of inspire the entire work for you and you just not take dictation. Am I right? Well, entire second movement was written like that because, because I felt like a, this, this being, this muse sort of inspired me the entire work in a different way than, than the first movement or the third movement and in, in this movement ending of, of the second movement is strange f, f sharp major key especially on this organ and uh, it's, it sounded very very mysteriously um, composer uh, I noticed that uh, some of the creators uh, saw the sounds of music in colors. Did you ha did, do you also have such an ability? Uh, not necessarily in colors, but perhaps in uh, feelings, in feelings, in moods. Yes, because there is big difference between F major chord or F sharp major chord in this on this instrument because of this temperation because some of the keys might sound even out of tune but I like it a lot yes 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 I like it a lot because 
because um, some of the sounds are especially dissonant and some of them are less dissonant and colorful. And these temperations create different vibrations. So I don't know if I would uh, see the colors F-sharp F major would maybe perhaps mean me uh, uh, dark red perhaps. Maybe, maybe. And the third movement, in that movement I saw um, quite a bit of humor, even Hindemith style humor. Um, and I uh, was fascinated by the change of these rhythmical ideas because in 4-4 four, four meter, which is written at the beginning of the third part, uh, because there are uh, real great met rhythmical fluctuations, not so many metrical changes, but rhythmical changes. Basically, strong beats don't coincide with the strong beats of the of the measure, and this uh, fast movement, uh, third movement, has a great uh, contrast with the second movement, long and slow movement, which I will play uh, starting with the very pianissimo sounds of this organ and start to uh, make a little bit crescendo and then diminuendo at the end as well. Professor, in the finale of this work, in the third movement, I saw strange modal, modal uh, decisions because one hand would often play in one mode and another hand in another mode. Isn't that what we call bitonality or bimodality? Yes, you are exactly right. These things, because these things make many colorful things possible and the greatest master of all was Maurice Ravel from France and other French composers as well. Well, you mentioned the uh, modal writing of yours, and I, I remember um, some of the modes by Olivier Messian. Um, for example, this octatonic mode, uh, half tone, whole tone, half tone, whole tone. In, in the first mode, in the first movement, this mode is interestingly enough transposed for a long period. Nothing more happens besides this mode. Uh, like half of the work is created using this mode only. And it's very, very. Um, colorful because it's like like a like a painting in one color but but different shades different uh, shades of of color in addition i also saw whole tone scale how do you like the mode which lacks half half tones semitones Yes, I do like it, but uh, I use it sparingly because these because these uh, whole tones sort of are 
uh, tend to move in circle and uh, tend to keep you in one mood and usually you have to get out of one mood pretty quickly. But I would say, Professor, that uh, in those uh, special occasions when you use uh, whole tone mode, uh, they work really well. And I also enjoyed uh, your another feature, uh, how you create uh, long developmental sections, uh, crescendo, 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 uh, but this crescendo is very gradual and uh, natural for this mechanical action organ, because you thought about the organist who will be changing stops and created uh, uh, those special arrests in each hand to take a stop or two and pull, pull it. Yes, yes, you have to be very careful with stop changes and uh, I was very conscious about that while writing. Yes, we mo mentioned uh, meters, uh, fluctuating meters and modes also. Um, uh, strange meter, variety of meters, five fours, uh, six four meter. This is a lively play of the meters. Um, but what interesting was to me to notice that the melody, the theme, for example, is grouped not necessarily in in measures in metrical metrical ideas, but these phrases go across the measure. The phrasing itself go across the measure. And yes, yes, I, I, I have to be very, I was very conscious of that because in, in many of my works um, the phrases really go across the, the measure because this creates, a l this makes the music come alive. And is there anything else that I didn't mention before uh, in your work uh, that was influenced influence to you? Well, um, Lithuanian, these, these Lithuanian intonations, these small three-note figures, C, D, F, or, or D, F, G, for example, these, these elements. These are not citations of musical songs, but uh, but general ideas from taken from natural uh, folk music character. Um, this six six sonata symphony, uh, how is it different from the previous work, from the fifth sonata, for example? Is it a new period in your compositional life? I would say so. Maybe it's more solid, maybe it's more dramatic. Maybe the, f the fifth and the fourth are uh, quite um, illustrative and programmatic, I would say, sonatas in my life. And this sixth sonata is not. Uh, the first sonata 
is very, very different from them all because it was the first sonata in Lithuanian modern times. Lithuanian, the first sonata, I created the first sonata for organ. And the first sonata reminds of, of Hindemid probably. Um, and in this sixth symphony, I had this idea that uh, I had to have a good balance between the moods, a good balance in terms of texture and form. What about in your non-programmatic works, in other... Um, can you say that programmatic, uh, um, programmatic uh, um, ideas exist in non-programmatic works, like in sonatas? Can you say um, that only in fourth and fifth? Number four is a prayer for Lithuanian, and number fifth is uh, choral symphony, uh, choral sonata. And number four is uh, written in, in memory of my of my mom. And when I was selecting the choral chants for the fourth sonata, maybe it was the some kind of unconscious decision or a muse or, or some kind of external power which showed me the necessary uh, the chant um, I wasn't looking for that deep ideas I was only looking for intonations good intonations for, for my work but uh, somehow I was led to this melody uh, which was very powerful also to me sp spiritually all right so this was very like a golden golden found this citation called pacem relingvo vobis gregorian chant take my peace I, I leave my peace with you basically the, the, the words of Christ so I, I, I'm very impressed with your um, deep sense of uh, insight in your works because Gregorian chant is of course uh, the treasure of western civilization Yes, you're right. Uh, of course, in, in these uh, Gregorian chant melodies you can find everything, forms that uh, are created in later times, all these inspirations that composers used from the Gregorian chant, you can find them. Um, yes. And the sound is very archa archaic. Yes, I like it very much, these things. Well, perhaps organ um, is a, an instrument which uh, helps um, synthesize uh, cultural ideas, cultural treasures, but also in a new way. 
a different, unique way, original way. Because you always take those ancient ideas and create something new, something which hasn't been done before. Um, and even, and um, I would say that uh, the listeners can be transformed and uh, transferred to the places in distant past. All right. And I even uh, imagine uh, we could uh, create a program for your work, like festive symphony sonata, and. Um, uh, let our listeners to to read during during our uh, performance. So thank you so much, dear professor. I'm fascinated by your by your compositions. Um, what's next for you? I hope that you will come up with more symphonies, and I hope. Uh, uh, that your creative output will continue but first of all I wish you good health because it's very important for creative person to to feel feel capable of creating because when you don't feel good uh, you don't you cannot really write uh, although when the person is in deep pain maybe good good musical works can also happen no, not for me, not for me, um, not for me, I have to feel good when I am creating, when, some, when I'm in pain, what can you create, you have to take pills when, when you're in pain, not, not create music, okay, let's remind our listeners that our pre premiere performance of, of your um, festive sonata symphony will take place this Saturday at Vilnius University St. John's Church on the greatest, largest pipe organ in Lithuania. By the way, I also um, uh, perform something else on this occasion because at the first half of this concert I will improvise improvise a musical story on, on the interesting theme uh, because on, on the ceiling of our church there is uh, an interesting fresco from the life of St. John's with episodes of St. John's so uh, I will take a few a few frescoes details of these frescoes and create a musical story improvised musical story out of, of these frescoes right and then we will finish this uh, this work uh, this this uh, evening with the first premiere performance with the sixth sonata symphony which we call festive sonata symphony so your presence and uh, ideas today dear professor also inspire me to create and I hope it will inspire our listeners to create um, because it's very important to create it doesn't matter what else what uh, tools do you use to create pa either paint or musical ideas or even a hammer um, it's so important to create right 
because uh, only the um, creation keeps us alive. Thank you so much. You're welcome. If you liked this conversation, I encourage you to visit my blog Secrets of Organ Playing at organduo.lt where you will find lots of insights, practical advice and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vidas Pinkavichus. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you online really soon.